Welcome back to another edition of the Hops and Spirits Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Green. It's going to be another fun episode. I hope you enjoyed last week's or last episode are from the bar with Helicocktail and Draft Hop. A lot of fun to see what those uh, two companies are doing. Really enjoy talking to Eddie and Sean. This week for you here in just a little bit, we'll be joined by Ben Williams, co-founder of Highway Vodka out of Texas. They're doing some cool stuff with Hemp Seed Vodka. I can't wait to share that one with you. also want to send a congrats out to James Smith for winning our May giveaway. But remember, that's just the first of two giveaways. we got a really big one coming up for you here uh, at the end of the month. I can't wait to share more about it. Stay tuned to all of our social media at Hop Spirits. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even TikTok. Uh, you don't want to miss any of that where you get all the goodies. You can get to know all of our giveaways. Uh, follow us there for a lot of fun. Let's not waste any more time and get into our chat with Ben. Hope you enjoy. Joining us now on the Hops and Spirits podcast is Ben Williams, owner, co-founder of Highway Vodka out of Texas. Ben, thanks for hopping on and, and talking a different side of spirits for us this week. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Love yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Now... Before we get into all the all the fun questions, I always like to start things off with one tough question, which to some is tough. Others, it's just a nice, uh, fun icebreaker. For you, I thought since, you know, weather's getting a little nicer, uh, we're getting closer to summer. Uh, are you the type of guy that drives with the windows down during the summer, or are you blasting the AC? Depends on if I'm smoking. <laughs> <laughs> The truth comes out. <laughs> Man, you know, like, um, yeah, no, I'm more like in Houston. I mean, it gets it gets oppressively hot. So I'm typically, you know, windows down in the morning and evening and during the day, AC blast. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't imagine, you know, 100 degree heat blaring through is, is really and what you want to be. And the heaviness of the humidity is ridiculous. So, yeah. That's how, but any opportunity I have to drop the windows and get some fresh going, I'm all about it. You know, <laughs> I'm the same way. I if I can, I have have the windows down. But the last thing I want to do is have the windows down and start sweating, uh, and and then you know look really bad wherever I'm I'm going. Yeah, <laughs> and go into your, the store with that sweaty back. Mm -hmm. That shirt stuck to you. Exactly. I, that's why I think I love almost spring and fall better because uh, I can kind of just, ones. no matter what, uh, have the windows down. For sure. There's nothing like when that weather breaks. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, now that you know we, we've got that out of the way, that we're both very similar, windows down when we can. Right. You all have a, a pretty cool vodka company uh, mm -hmm. called Highway Vodka. I got to sample some uh, or the other day. Uh, how did you all start? Because you, it's, it's you and your partner. Uh, I, my, the name and my information is escaping me. How did you all start start Highway Vodka? Yeah, so it was just like a hobby. You know, started about eight years ago. Um, owned a couple of bars and restaurants here in the city. And so um, it was literally just a hobby that we were doing. And um, it was really cool just hanging out, you know, just making stuff. Uh, my partner, he owned a horse barn. Uh, he used to be really into riding, cutting horses and all that kind of stuff. And so um, I have had to still and um, can't do it at my house because, you know, the cops rolled by one day and were like, hey, you can't do that. So we took the still over to the barn 
and we just set up there and just kind of started doing runs and stuff and just hanging out. And um, so about two years in, or maybe three, went to visit a buddy of mine out in California that uh, uh, owned a dispensary. And um, he introduced me to some friends that were doing some distilling and stuff like that, but they were using, like, you know, weed. And, uh, but I knew enough about distilling at that point, because I literally read every book, watched every YouTube video, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause it was, it was just, I, I just enjoyed it, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And, uh, so yeah, anyway, I saw what they were doing, and I was kind of intrigued by, you know, the way the plant was kind of working in the process, and so, like, kind of went from there, uh, got home, you know, I was like, okay, let's start, you know, try to figure out this hemp thing, um, because I can't use that, but... You know, I want what they were getting from the plant, right? Mm -hmm. Minus the THC. Let me be very clear about that. So, yeah, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, man, and, like, from the first time, so we started playing with every kind of part of the plant and settled on. It's always the thing that was right in front of you, you know, it was, like, the whole hemp seed. And we tried everything. We toasted it. You know, this is over, like, dozens of batches at this time, uh, as far as hemp goes. and then one day we settled on the whole hemp seed and man just made some of the best stuff that we had ever made to date. So what I would do is I would take the stuff that we were making and I would go back, you know, to either the bar or the restaurant or wherever and just kind of let some of my regulars sample like the stuff that we were making and they were like, oh wait, now this? now Because I guess I had brought some pretty bad stuff. And that's what was <laughs> cool because like people weren't afraid to tell you that, yo, that's, that's trash. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I would never drink that and they were right i mean i just was hyped because i made it like look you know they were just like yeah no i'm not i would never ingest such swill but um anyway like um so yeah man they started liking this and so we kind of started zeroing in on that literally hundreds and hundreds of batches later uh after and then started doing these like blind taste tests you know like like uh, Pepsi challenges, like, all right, what's your favorite vodka? You know, switch them up, short straw, long straw. Started winning these things, like, regularly. And so it kind of gave us the courage to kind of go for it. And so went out and applied for a license, and that took two and a half years to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly because of the hemp, you know, and how to, what to do with it, how to categorize it, blah, blah, blah. All that. Finally got that thing, man, and stumbled backwards into a meeting with the our first distributor, Silver Eagle, they're like the largest beer distributor in the country, Anheuser-Busch House, and uh, they picked us up, man, as their first spirit that they distributed, and been going ever since, about a year and a half on the market, well, a little over a year and a half now, approaching <clears throat> two years on the market, and uh, really starting to roll, man, like uh, all throughout Texas, into Georgia, and Southern California, and Southern Florida, so... It's exciting, man. It's really fun, you know. It's a lot worse gigs out there, I tell you that. <laughs> well, that 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 is a, a very true, and I I love too the fact that you you did this uh, homebrew style. I mean, basically home distilling. Uh, it's the same thing because you know I've t- talked to a lot of brewers and and so forth on, on the beer side, and that's a lot, how a lot of them got into it. Was a hobby, kind of grew out of that. How, I mean, did you just, was it just a hobby for you to do the home distilling? And, and how does that kind of look? Uh, yeah, is- so, I mean, I actually started, <clears throat> it was weird. I, uh, I got a home brew kit for Christmas one year. I can't remember if it was my dad or my wife that gave me that thing. Because I had kind of been talking about wanting to try it. 
-hmm. And I just didn't have the patience for brewing because brewing is really unforgiving. You know, like if that fermentation period goes wrong one way or the other, uh, it's so delicate when it comes to beer, you know, and I just didn't have the patience for it. But I kind of liked the thing. So that's what literally kind of just sent me over to distilling because distilling is a little bit more forgiving, you know, when it comes to fermenting and stuff, because you're kind of going, like, you're just trying to make sure that you get all the sugar converted, you know what I'm saying, as much as possible, and they have very rudimentary tools, like, when you're a hobbyist, they'll tell you, like, okay, this is done, your yeast is finished, it's time to take it to the next step, then you can do some correcting in the still, too, it's kind of fun, so... Uh, I just bought like a little 13 gallon still online and um, put it together. And uh, man, like I said, just started following these books and YouTube videos and just threw it in there and used like a little Brita for my filter and stuff like that to polish up the spirit. And uh, yeah, man, it was that was literally it. Just cobbling it together online and oh, okay, so you need a filter of some sort. And then then obviously you you start playing with different like it becomes like that kind of hobby like you know guys like to go into home depot and they just like to buy just random stuff i mean that's exactly what like oh this this hydrometer isn't good enough i need that hydrometer you know and then you end up using the old one anyway and stuff like that so i mean like yeah i mean it's just it was just literally just a hobby dude just messing around with stuff and cobbling together different parts and but what i didn't realize at that time was when it came time to scale uh, and actually do it like for real. That's what was really cool because <clears throat> by then, you know, this is like eight years or whatever. Uh, I had pretty much we we had gotten it down to like such a system, and then so like it was like uh, and consistency <clears throat> where we were just like, okay, we need to get equipment that's exactly like we had, you know, but just bigger, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so literally just bought a still that was almost just looked like the big brother to our initial one you know and um the 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 most difficult part was the filtration aspect of it because filtration equipment when you scale up is super expensive number one and then number two you don't have the same controls over your filtration media that we were used to having well actually because we were just using a brita and we became kind of married to that you know Mm -hmm. So we literally had to build our own filters and stuff like that, which was cool. Um, you know, just chopped down a Brita and kind of went to a water supply place and started looking at what the various media was. And the guy was like, oh, I sell that, I sell that, I sell that. Just bought that stuff, go back to the still, the distillery, and then just try to figure it out. And so uh, made our own stuff. And then also... Um, when we when we scaled up the uh, we stayed in the actual horse barn that we started in because uh, my partner he uh, he actually like broke his ankle messing with his horses like right around the time that the permit came in mm-hmm. and then he was just like man I'm done with horses and we were like well perfect <laughs> so, so like we cleared out all the horses and literally built the distillery in the barn so it worked out. Hey, some, sometimes timing is, is everything. Is everything, dude. Now, now I, I must ask this. When you were kind of doing the home distilling, before you got kicked out to the barn, did you pretty much just lose your garage and that was now, now your, your distillery? Or, or, or how did that work for you? 
Well, no, nah, I mean, like, at that point, I had no designs on doing this as a thing, you know? And then the cool thing about the barn, it, it, like you said, it all worked out perfectly because one of the high barrier of entries into getting into this business is, like, when you apply for your permit for the first time, not knowing whether you're going to get it or not, you already have to have a site secured that they approve. Mm -hmm. And so we just used the barn, you know, um, which was already owned outright, free and clear and stuff like that. So it kind of worked out well because imagine having to go and rent some facility and then be sitting there on your hands for two and a half years, again, not knowing if you're going to get it or not. And then once you get it, then you then you can finally try to sort out some sort of distribution opportunity or whatever. I mean, you know, so everything, man, when I tell you, everything just kind of worked out on its own and, and lovely, although it took a long time, mm -hmm. you know, um, but it, it, it worked out, you know, just, it, it really worked out, so, hey. yeah. Hey, like I said, sometimes you need to, I don't want to call it luck, because it's not always luck, but it, it never hurts to have a little good karma uh, on your side. Yeah, uh, for real. And, then, and you talked about the hemp uh, seed a little bit there at the beginning when when you kind of were, you know, explaining how, what led you into, you know, launching Highway Vodka. What what drew you to that, that hemp seed? Was it just those tri trips out to California and obviously not being able to have kind of THC stuff everywhere? Uh, yeah. But is that kind of what drew you guys to the hemp seed uh, vodka? Well, so what happened is, is like <clears throat> people always ask, like, why hemp, you know, right? And it's not about flavor or taste or none of that kind of stuff. What it is is about what it does for the process mm -hmm. of making the spirit. That plant is active in just about every step of producing it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you literally just start with a grain bill of hemp seed, corn, and water, cook it up, throw it in a fermenter. I mean, there's some steps in there, but you know what yeah. I'm saying in general. <laughs> um, cook it up throw it into a fermenter, pitch your yeast, and right there, that's when the hemp starts to come into play. So, like, right there, it's doing stuff like, it's extending, you know, it's acting as a nutrient for yeast. Because we couldn't figure out, like, man, as soon as we started going over to hemp, like, our yields got larger of alcohol per batch. And it's just like, you know, why? And it's like, oh, it's a nutrient for yeast. You know, you just research and you find out that the amino acids in hemp act as a nutrient for this particular yeast that we use, and so it eats longer, it lives longer, and eats more, you know, sugar and converts it to alcohol. So that's step one. Step two, the oils that form during the fermentation period, which actually make the fermenter look kind of nasty because it looks like olive oil slathered on top of oatmeal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we used to rack the liquid out from in between the oil and the grain, and we're still getting great stuff. But one day, just out of being lazy, we dumped all that oil and uh, the grain and the liquid into the still. And that's, that was another like aha moment that changed everything. Like now this is the best stuff that we've ever made because that oil floats on top of the still and the liquid on the still kind of like, um, you know, kind of like poopery functions, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it becomes the first layer of filtration for the vapors as they begin to rise up through the, the distillation process, right? And so, you know, we experiment with everything from four times to 12 times distilled and um, settled on six because we were able to maintain a viscosity difference. And, um, and then our collection method too, we only collect the hearts of the run, you know, in distillation, there's four parts. 
there's the four shots, the heads, the hearts, and the tails. We were never into blending tails. You can drink tails, but it's not recommended. And um, mm -hmm. But a lot of huge places, they do that because they want every drop of consumable alcohol out of this batch, you know, business. Mm -hmm. But um, we were just doing it, you know, however. So we only kept collecting the hearts, which is the purest part, and which boil off in particular temperature ranges depending on your environment, your equipment, and stuff like that. But um, so, yeah, so by doing that, we were able to like the plant then um, at, at that layer filtration that we talked about then the viscosity difference which actually smooths out the spirit <clears throat> takes that burn away uh, also holds the flavors of the corn the sweetness of the corn on your palate so it gives it like a little sweeter taste I don't know if you noticed that mm -hmm. and then when you tasted it and you kind of ring your glass you see how it'll, it'll kind of hang it gives it more of a body that's the kind of stuff that uh, takes that burn off of there and then also I, mean, I didn't realize this until recently that it's only 57 calories per serving um unintentional you know um didn't know you know it makes you wonder what's getting added in the spirits after the fact because i mean golly you know what i'm saying like it's it, i don't know because that that actually skews towards the products that are designed to be low calorie Mm -hmm. and, um, it's right behind like those like Skinny Girl or Kettle One Botanical or whatever like but it, it's really low on the low side and so again not by design of any sort just by the pureness of the mash bill just being very simple hemp seed corn and water that's it and, and mainly just because of I don't know if it's lazy or what but not interested in trying to mess with it you know what I mean yeah do this and do that and, 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 and get every single drop you can drink out of a still and stuff like that and just keep just trying to make some stuff that we liked and our friends liked and uh, that was easy and fun and you know that, that's so that's but all that to say that's basically why we use hemp because it's what it does for the process more than anything uh, that, that's an amazing story because you, you never you, you always get the after you know when you're tasting it you always wonder maybe what goes into it and that that's really cool to, to hear that because uh, it, it does make a difference because when i tasted it the other night that initial taste kind of on your tongue is sweeter and it's not like that instant burn that you think of with vodka yeah and that's the oil that's basically what that oil is doing in there you know? yeah it it really blew my mind um, uh, another thing I, I enjoy you, you guys have a pretty straightforward name highway vodka How'd you come up with that? Man, I wish there was some fanciful story behind it, <laughs> but like, it just sounded great. And that's kind of my thing, like, I love naming stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, for the restaurants, I always come up with the names. And, um, and so like, um, yeah, I mean, it just fit, you know, it's a great play off of the plant. And, um, and I do also think that it is kind of like, a, if you want to really try to attribute something to it, it is kind of like a higher standard of product because it's it's more of a pure product and it's more of like it speaks to okay so like i read smirnoff's book many years ago the king of vodka right like i said i've read everything mm -hmm. you know about vodka and spirits and all this stuff how to make whatever and um so in reading that book one thing that they said that i found very interesting was how back in their day you could tell who made which product you know what i'm saying because you could say like oh 
oh, that's 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 such and such a stuff, you know, by taste. You knew it, you could recognize it. And it wasn't until, like, even when we were applying for all the permit stuff, you know, this odorless, tasteless thing, you know, comes up, and it's, that's not real. It has an odor, and it has a taste, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, like, but why not be able to leave some character and nuance of the grains that go in to make the spirit and stuff like that so that they can have its its thing, you know what I mean? Like, it's not just meant to be buried in juice, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I, I, one thing I've come, so during the whole, like, process of testing, like I was telling you those blind taste tests over the years, I used to kind of key in sometimes on women's response because everybody wanted to taste it neat in room temperature and hardly nobody drinks vodka that way, right? Yeah. But it was a gift and a curse because it, it, the gift was it, it taught, it made us calibrate it to pass that palate. So, like, when um you know some some ladies were at the bar or whatever like hey you guys want to try something and give them some of it and they uh and their faces didn't recoil they were, instead of going like yeah you know they were just like hmm. you know what yeah. I, mean? like, I was just like yeah you know what i'm saying like so it's actually a vodka that you can experience you can drink it neat you can drink it with just an ice cube you know what i'm saying like you know the cocktail bars like the real hardcore that you might go in there and they don't have any vodka because Ah, vodka's trash. They'll carry highway because they'll say, "Hey, now this has legs. This has something we can build on. This is not just alcohol." Yeah. You know? <clears throat> and that's kind of what I like to, what we like to kind of champion a little bit, I guess, is that whole thing. Is like, no, vodka can be, can live. It can, it can, it can have character and you know all that. Well, and and, and just that taste test I had, you know, I I did it pretty much neat um like you would a bourbon or anything um or or you call it taking a mini shot or, or whatever right, but right, right. but you know it was it, it was something that didn't make me didn't make the hair on my arm stand up or anything like that and like exactly. i said it actually had that little sweetness to it which uh, really kind of shocked me and blew, blew me away and just goes back to that process that that y'all do um now uh, another thing that I, I found really interesting with you all is that you all are, are part of the Nearest and Jack Advancement Initiative, which, for those that don't know, it's a collaboration between Jack Daniels and the Nearest Green Distillery that helps promote diversity um, and advanced uh, African-American leadership in the spirits industry. What That has to be pretty cool, and I, I'm sure that's kind of been something that's uh, been unique for you all. Yeah, I mean, like, so Fawn Weaver, she's the uh, founder of Uncle Nearest, and, you know, the one that kind of champion that whole initiative coming online or whatever. Um, known her for a lot of years, um, and because uh, she actually came through Houston to one of the sites. And uh, so we just kind of met, you know, like that. And then, um, and at the time, I was still a hobbyist, and I was, but I was thinking, you know, about, yeah. you know, and it was kind of cool. I was like, oh, she's coming. I want to meet her, you know, so I made sure I was at the restaurant that day. And, uh, Anyway, so long story short, but yeah, no, she's great and um, great mentor in the space and uh, started this thing and basically, man, what they do is they just turn you on. They just accelerate your knowledge base so you're not so much trial and error in it, you know what I'm saying? Like so much, you know, like, you know, they just lay out resources. Hey, have you heard of this? Like maybe you could use this, da 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 and it's just boom, boom, boom and and I mean, it just made a huge difference. Like, you know, 
a simple one just off the top of my head is like reserve bar, right? So immediately, the first thing they did was hook us up with reserve bar, um, made it very easy, the onboarding process, blah, blah, blah. And just like that, you know, our spirit was available in 30, 40 states, something like that, you know, via online, via their platform, and which was huge for us. You know, they introduced us to another company called Park Street that was a part of doing the uh, the reserve bar thing, which kind of eased your eased the process of entering into permitting and all that stuff in various states to even be able to do the reserve bar thing. So right there, that you know, they taught me a, a new way of gaining access into states. Um, where I had no idea where to start, you know, I wasn't even thinking about that because I just like ah, you know, whatever. This is this too much, you know. It's just yeah. like And Texas is huge, so I, was, I got plenty of work to do here. But, um, you know, it was that was great because boom, just like that, you know, I was like, oh, okay, did that, did that. Then I got an opportunity with, uh, you know, with the infrastructure, those pieces that they kind of provided, came an opportunity to actually pick up a, another Anheuser-Busch distributor in for the state of Georgia and roll out with them for that <clears throat> that state. So, uh, huge stuff, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, for me, personally. Um, and more than that, just having a peer in the space to talk to, um, which I never had uh, before. You know what I'm saying? Like, never had anybody in this business to talk to. You know what I'm saying? And just kind of kick things around and, and stuff like that, which is huge in any business. You know, you want to have somebody to bounce stuff off of because, man, I mean, I listen to every podcast, you know, and about the business and stuff like that. And, and I just, that, that was how I learned, you know what I'm saying? I just listened to what, but I could never talk to any of them and ask them questions. So I, we would just have to go out there and try it and either run into a wall or, you know, run through a wall. You know? so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's say run through a wall more more likely. With Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, so yeah, I mean, but that, that's been, the, the, I say that's the biggest thing is the, the, the opening up of resources, the, the sharing of knowledge and just the sharing of just communication about the industry and stuff like that is huge. Yeah, because I, I think a lot of people don't realize too is, I talked. We talked about it on a previous episode, of just about the legality of this industry is a monumental thing to overcome. I mean, you talked about it, two and a half years to get your license, you know, and and I, I believe even a non-distilling distributor still has year or two of that process too. So it's not like you, anyone gets through this this process quickly, uh, let alone the distribution side of things and, and so forth can be quite fun and. 50 different exactly. laws to work out <laughs> and then i mean dude like things like each state is different right so i go to georgia i'm all excited yay then i get there and come to find out like because you know fortunately total wine is like a big big partner of ours in texas right we do mm -hmm. very well in those stores and so i'm gearing my whole brain up around like this total wine is like how you soft land into a market get that going and then you kind of go from there and so, you know, and they have a lot of them in Georgia or whatever. But then you kind of find out that only two total wines, only two stores, like you have a chain of stores, only two of them can carry spirits. So it's not like you land an account like Total Wine right there. You got eight stores. No, sir, you have two stores. And then you got to go 
two, you know, so you got to fight that onboarding battle two stories by two stories by two stories instead of just landing some kind of big behemoth chain. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, little stuff like that, that's that's those things. You just be like, ah, oh. you know, just like, man. But every state is different, you know? Absolutely. I think that's been one of the more fascinating things for me to learn. I mean, you kind of kind of know it, but it's always just so interesting how, how things work. And, you know, some states allow reciprocity, some don't. Um, it's always very interesting uh, what, what can work in one state and what doesn't. I also wanted to get your thoughts because uh, you are uh, the first fully black-owned distillery in Texas. What does that mean to you all? Because uh, I'm sure that's pretty special. I don't know. I mean, like, it's it's great. I guess it doesn't. Um, it wasn't like a goal, you know. It's just kind of like. I mean, you know, it's cool, definitely. I mean, I'm not. I don't mean to minimize it, but then I don't mean to make it. That's a. It's always a tough question. I don't know why, because it's like it's definitely cool, you know. Does it come with some other stuff? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like, you know. I mean, you know, but it's definitely cool, you know, from a, um, from a, I'm not trying to overstate it, but just like, it's always cool to talk to people and then they find out what you do. I didn't know that, you know, what, you could do that, you know, not you meaning you, but I never even thought of that as a thing, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying, like making spirits or whatever for a living, you know. And then, and then I think it's cool because like what I see a lot happening now is like there are a lot of brands coming online, you know, but they're not making it. They're just kind of like purchasing it and putting it into their bottle and, you know, naming it whatever they want to name and running with it. And that's cool. You know what I'm saying? That, that's a business model, you know, but to be like one of the only people that are like really, really making it, you know, from, from grain to glass, that's, I'd say that's kind of what I'm mostly proud of is like you know being a real grain to glass operation and not you know a white labeler you know what i mean so yeah um but yeah i mean it's definitely cool and um it's great like you know um it's it's you know it's, it's cool. Let me just say, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, it, you it, you don't, don't have to add a ton of words to it. That, that, that yeah. is that, nothing yeah. wrong, nothing wrong with that. Uh, I, I know reading about highway vodka too. charity plays a, a big role, um, in, in what you guys do. Cause you, you all have a, a nonprofit that's named after, I believe one of the restaurants you, you also are, are part of. Uh, can you explain the role that charity plays and what you're able to do, uh, w- with that? Yeah, so basically, and for the record, I had to legally be separated from the restaurants because you can't have two um, licenses in the spirits industry in Texas. So my brother, who is my partner there, continues to run that operation, and I do the distillery just in case. You never know who's Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, that legal so, thing again. That yeah, legal so thing. So that's clear. But um, but yeah. But so Lucille's nineteen thirteen was actually my brother's idea. Um, during the pandemic, that uh, everything had to shift. And one thing we always laugh about is how when you're not playing with a bunch of investor money and it's kind of like your own thing, when things like that happen, you just have to figure it out. You have to pivot. You have to see what you can do to keep going. You know. 
And so my brother, great at that, did some great masterful pivoting moves as far as operations over there and stuff like that. And um, next thing you know, we started uh, giving meals out to first responders on the night shift because they, uh, now everybody was showing up during the day, like when the cameras and stuff were there, but nobody was going to the night shift. Yeah. And my brother is like a total night owl, so he would just, you know, they would just go over there and, you know, service up the night shift. And then from there, it just kind of started growing. And next thing you know, man, I mean, that thing has grown so much. It's really amazing and just really great to be a part of. And also, more than anything, you know, to come out of that pandemic in a position not struggling to survive, but in a position to help was, you know, it's probably like really the greatest accomplishment of the of the of the year because for us because not only did we do okay but we can't we we we, we helped so many people like so they've um, to this day like well over two hundred thousand meals i mean because like now servicing like you know elderly communities stuff like that a couple of other really cool things that have started happening like man we've been donated uh various amounts of farmland because we're implementing a whole grain uh seed to uh seed to retail aspect of food and stuff like that so from growing the food in the dirt to teaching people how to do that then moving them over to the uh, commissary kitchens that we have so they learn the, the restaurant business learn what to do with that food all the way down to fermentation labs where um, learn how to preserve that food you know the waste and what to do with the waste to, and actually coming up with products like pickles or, or, or pickled potatoes and all that kind of stuff that you sell so, I mean, it's, it's a, a whole ecosystem of empowering people, on, uh, you know, just to learn about food from the start to the finish and also training them to be employable in the industry and stuff like that. So, that's a great thing. And that's why sometimes we call Highway the true spirit of Houston because we like to give, you know, a dollar from every bottle, you know, back to the 1913 initiative, you know, to uh, continue what's going on there. And, um, yeah, man, I mean, it's just uh, it's a, it's a great thing. And there's actually a program coming on right now. Um, I don't know if I can talk. Yeah, I think so. Like, well, maybe not. But the cool thing is what it's helping is, is like, it's helping with youth that have been in trouble, mm -hmm. um, helping them to come out and get trained and get employed so that they don't go back. You know what I'm saying? They could come out and they could be productive members of society and stuff like that. And that. Uh, really excited about that because that has the potential of turning out turning into basically like a whole staffing agency for the restaurant industry so it's, it's it, you know really helping a lot of people you know what i'm saying so that that, that is what i, I love about our, our this world the bourbon beer how much y'all give back to the community and how it's such an important role that the community plays uh yeah. in, in what you guys do and and that's just awesome to hear because uh, I, I think if, if there's nothing better is than to see what you all are able to do with that, whether it's feeding folks, teaching them skills, useful skills, lifelong skills, uh, mm -hmm. and then maybe even doing a little bit more uh, down the road. I like that little tease, you know, little tease there. Uh, right. That, 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 right. That's, that's an amazing thing to see. Now, on the spirit side, you guys have gotten some accomplishments lately, some awards. Uh, I believe you guys uh, were awarded a gold medal out of the Denver and uh, international spirits competition for highway vodka that had a, yeah. i mean you, you always want to do good 
Uh, you won gold at the Las Vegas International Spirit something. So yeah. I mean, that has to be that, that that has to go. Okay, see, I'm not the only one that thinks this is good too. I mean, when when oh, others dude. are. Man, let me tell you, like that part right there, like it's funny because like whenever I go do like meet the maker events or whatever, like a total wine or something like that. And man, I'm, I'm telling you, dude, I literally sit on pins and needles while I wait for your face to react while you sample it. <laughs> because, man, this is the only thing I know how to cook, period. So it's literally like I just gave you a plate of food and now you're about to eat it right in front of me. And I'm watching like every crack in your face to see <laughs> what you think about what I made. And so like, um, you know, so it, it, it is kind of personal like that. And it is very cool to get those kind of awards. and. But the coolest thing is, is like in those small, those interactions like that, where somebody's never had it before, and they're about to get that neat room temperature taste, and for to to win that one, that's that's huge, you know what I'm to me, and um and then you know I have two daughters, you know what I'm saying, um who've been helping all along, and my partner's daughter actually, she now is the, uh, she now is like our lead distiller because she's been there from the beginning too. So, which is really cool. So she's out there doing the stuff every day, and um, and my daughters are younger, um, 18 and 16. And so like she, they used to be a part of when I was doing it on the kitchen counter and stuff. And so now to take them, like we're in a restaurant somewhere, even like out of the city, you know, we're in a restaurant somewhere, and you see highway on the bar. I'm like, see, see that. <laughs> You can do whatever, you know what I'm saying? Who'd have thunk it? Or dragging them into a liquor store just to show them, like, look, you know what I'm saying? Look, look, remember this? this now, look, is here now. That's really cool. I must say that. To see something that was in your head, you know, come out there and, and be tangible and, you know, and people enjoying it and stuff, super cool. Uh, I was going to say, it's also got to be cool to have family you know your business partner who i'm sure is basically like family now too yeah. I mean, well yeah I mean, i've known my whole life so yeah so i mean that has to be cool to be able to experience that with, with with that large family i mean just to see that success that has to be pretty cool too yeah it's a gift and a curse <laughs> it's a gift and a curse because man it can mess up thanksgiving some years <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? it's always a business meeting no matter where it's you are always dude like it's always and like we just went on a little thing, and um, yeah, man. I mean, you know, you spend so much time talking. I mean, that's I mean, that's what we just it's our hobby. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So it's cool, but like, you know, it can it can get you know when thing when you're not seeing eye to eye, you know, and there's money involved and stuff like that. That's true. It can get weird, you know. Um, but fortunately, I mean, that's you have to be really careful of who you select, but. You know, my brother, brother, and then Wendell, who's like my brother. And you know how you have those kind of brothers that you might fight with a lot? But fortunately, these two brothers are the kind that you don't really fight with. You can always work it out, you know. And it's cool as long as we talk about it. You know, it must it must be talked about or don't allow it to simmer. Yeah. Let's figure it out. So, yeah, so, I mean, at the end of the day, man, I'm very fortunate to have the partners I have because we're cool and, you know, we were cool before and we'll be cool forever and it's cool to do cool stuff with you know yeah like this weekend we're going to jeep weekend and that and i was just talking to wendell yesterday like we have this big 1993 ford bronco it's all lifted up and all that kind of stuff it's kind of crazy and 
Yeah, we're just going to drive that thing down the beach and throw out swag and, you know, just kind of hang out. And that's our way of hanging out. Yeah, let's drive down there and just kind of hang out and we'll drive the Bronco. It's all branded out and wrapped and stuff like that. So that's going to be a good time, you know what I'm saying? And I'd rather share it with him than, you know, it's cool, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. I, yeah. I love that. And if and if folks, if you haven't followed them on Instagram, you can see 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 the Bronco. It, it looks pretty. Oh, yeah. It looks pretty cool. Uh, yeah. but be, now, before I let you go, I got a couple other little questions. One, where where can folks find Highway Vodka? So, pretty much Texas, Georgia, Southern you know areas um, of Florida, California, like uh, Total Wine stuff like that. Uh, your large chains, you know, in Texas you know all that kind of stuff but the easiest place for out-of-state folks is just to go to reservebar.com and uh, just order it right there and um, you know we're continually growing every day and trying to figure out what state is next but uh, probably within the next two years we're just gonna roll hard into everywhere but um, you know gotta figure everything out first how to just you know hold on to the beast mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, I mean that's the easiest way. If you're not in like Texas or Georgia, or Southern California, or Southern Florida, is probably just ReserveBar.com. And, and folks, guys, to try it and let me know if I need to get a day job. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. Cause like I, <laughs> like I said, that was a really cool. Uh, the sample I had was was really cool. Like I said, totally cool. different than than anything any other vodkas I've tried. Yeah. Now my my last question for you all or for you is what's next for Highway Vodka? So the cool thing is, is um, we have, a, if you ever come down to Houston, probably in 2022, uh, definitely 2022, um, you can come visit our tasting room, our event center. We bought about eight acres right behind our current setup, and uh, oh, it's beautiful, man. It's like, it's only literally like 11 minutes outside of downtown, so it's like, but it feels like you're in the country, because it's all covered in trees and a creek and all that kind of stuff big beautiful it is it's going to be really cool so that the event center the event center that's coming online and then also whiskey yeah so we have the whiskey and the barrels getting ready to come out now obviously it's going to be a pretty limited allocation it can't go to everywhere um it's probably going to be exclusive to texas and maybe a little bit goes to reserve bar for this first round but uh, yeah, man, it's coming out the barrel, and we're really excited about that. And um, just got in the mock-ups for the labels and stuff yesterday. And um, yeah, I'm excited. And that's probably going to come out towards the holidays. Well, that'll that'll be something for for sure to check out. Now, is that another uh, grain to to glass for for y'all? Is that something that y'all have been been making and just kind of uh, stocking stockpiling as you go along? Yeah. So like what we did was we actually started with like those itty bitty little barrels that you could just buy anywhere again everything has to start on the hobby side so you <laughs> gotta learn how to and then um and those little barrels what they do is they accelerate the aging process right so that's kind of what we did like when we kind of started figuring that out and kind of we would just literally start scaling up the barrels right this is from the very beginning just scaling the barrel scaling the barrel to where we kind of settle on like a 25 gallon barrel so that we don't have to you know, doesn't have, doesn't, plus it's so hot down here, you know, they're in a non-temperature controlled, uh, what do you call the thing, shipping containers, you know, mm-hmm. and so they're sitting out there, so, you know, in 25 gallon barrels, they don't have to sit as long to get the two years equivalent, you know, as a 53 gallon, you know, everything is, uh, 
is relative to the size of the barrel, you know. So by doing that, we were able to really, you know, stay in our grain to glass lane and stuff like that, and uh, um, which is very important, you know, to to us because I don't know, it just is just something about just really, you know, just making it. But uh, yeah, so yeah, that that'll be probably for the holidays. That that is that is awesome, and and I know uh, talking to some other Texas folks uh, that uh, you know they they say two years in Texas could be four years everywhere else because it's hot all year <laughs> all year yeah, round. Those things are sweating. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I can't wait to, to 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 see what you guys come up with there, and uh, you know maybe we'll get you back on on to talk a little whiskey too. So I, yeah, I, I appreciate sure. it, Ben. Yeah, I'd love to see what you think about it, man. Absolutely. Yep. I uh, really enjoyed chatting with Ben. Uh, the hemp seed vodka, man, that just kind of blew me away. Uh, so much sweeter on, on that initial taste than what you're expecting. Uh, like I said, I can't wait to see what they're doing with whiskey down there because uh, those guys have a, a, a pretty neat approach to everything. Uh, and can't, like I said, can't wait to see that. Also can't wait to, to give you guys some details on our next giveaway. Stay tuned for that. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media pages at Hop Spirits, all one word, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. And remember, every Monday night we do our new pours of our Give It A Try highlights. That drops on our YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok pages. And also, if you can, let us know how we're doing. Give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast player. We really appreciate it. And we really appreciate our friends of the podcast. One Sip Beer Review, you can find them at One Sip Beer Review on Instagram and Dad's on the Deck Podcast. Uh, they're just a blast. Uh, you need to check them out as well. Uh, until next time, guys, cheers. <laughs>